Our family recently downsized in a big way. We were privileged to be homeowners for almost a decade, owning a house in Dallas and then moving and owning a house in New York. We have now officially sold our house in New York and moved into a much smaller, much simpler rental. And I've had a lot of people asking me why. Why would we leave a beautiful house loaded with amazing amenities that seemed kind of like a dream? The short answer is, it's complicated. So I invited my husband to join me for a candid conversation. This is unedited, just us chatting about the experience of being homeowners and the mistakes that we've made. Spoiler alert, there are a lot of them and some things that we've learned along the way. Hi, this is Danae. I'm the founder of Simple Families. Simple Families is an online community for parents who are seeking a simpler, more intentional life. In this show, we focus on minimalism with kids, positive parenting, family wellness, and decreasing the mental load. My perspectives are based in my firsthand experience raising kids, but also rooted in my PhD in child development. So you're going to hear conversations that are based in research, but more importantly, real life. Thanks for joining us. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to thank ButcherBox for sponsoring. Even though we've welcomed in a new year, we're all realizing that it's going to look very different, and that includes our celebrations for the upcoming Super Bowl Sunday. Even if you're keeping it small this year, celebrating at home, ButcherBox makes it easy to get high-quality, humanely sourced meat right at your door. With the pandemic, I feel more grateful than ever to get a box of curated, high-quality meat right to my home. That way I don't have to make multiple stops at different grocery stores to find what I want. With ButcherBox, all their meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. I can choose to customize my own box or go with one of theirs. That way I can get exactly what I want. In many ways, it feels like a no-brainer. Great meat shipped right to your door and one less trip to the grocery store. Right now, you can get a free rack of St. Louis ribs, one pack of bacon, and one pack of pulled pork in your first box. That's right, one rack of St. Louis ribs, a pack of bacon, and a pack of pulled pork for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com forward slash families. That's butcherbox.com forward slash families. So after David and I recorded this episode, I went back and listened to it, and I noticed that I was laughing a lot. And I was trying to reflect on that, and I definitely had fun recording it with him and talking and reflecting with him. But I think those laughs were more rooted in relief because there were many points in time during this process of buying and selling our home that I felt like I had to choose between laughing or crying. In our family, we strive to leave the world a better place than we found it. And that included homeownership. But we moved into an older home in the country and we spent the better part of three and a half years fixing things that were broken which cost a lot of time and money. And although it felt good leaving the house in a much better place than we found it, it still left us feeling pretty burnt out and exhausted. There were, of course, small projects like painting and decorating. And then there were big projects like trimming and cutting down trees, redoing plumbing, renovating a pool, lifting up and repairing flooring that had been sagging after decades and decades of use and fixing fencing. Not exactly the fun stuff. Needless to say, this has been a process of living and learning 
and we're happy to be on the other side of it now. I hope you enjoy this conversation and let our experience be a lesson to you. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Making big life changes and decisions during times of stress isn't wise. And don't be afraid to admit to yourself that sometimes the things that you thought you wanted the most were nothing more than idealizations. Maybe not, in fact, things you needed for true happiness. Without further ado, here's my chat with David. Hi, David. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks. Hey, Danae. From the comfort of our bedroom. It is very comfortable right now. So I think we should start by, first of all, just saying that we are very privileged to have been homeowners. We've owned two homes now. Um, we, it's definitely not something that we take for granted. Of course not. No. With that being said, I've had a lot of people asking about why we sold our house. Really? Our seemingly dream house. (laughs) Um, and my response has just kind of been, it's complicated because. That's definitely an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) It's complicated. And I think that we've learned so much about home ownership and about ourselves and what we want. And I don't know, do you feel like we've learned through the process? I think so. I mean, definitely I'm a smarter, you know, person just through experience. I never thought I would, you know, be that older person saying, you know what, I've been through all of these experiences and I am, you know, so much more mature and knowledgeable. And um, yes, I'm that person. Three years later. (laughs) Yes. We've grown. I'm, I'm that old man now. Yeah. Well, in many ways, I do kind of feel like we're like empty nesters where like we live the dream for a couple of years and then we're like, okay, now give us the little house with the postage stamp size backyard and we'll be happy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like we've kind of come full circle rather quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> From young dreamers to like, just keep it simple. I felt like the pendulum has swung very hard in the way. <laughs> totally. So I have... I feel like I've psychoanalyzed the crap out of this decision-making process into how we came to own this home. And I swing back and forth between feeling like it was an epic mistake to feeling like, um, I'm glad we did it. And I'm still not sure which, which of those, what do you feel like? I, I definitely am glad that we did it. Um, definitely. So you're sure about that. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Without, without hesitation, I am. Most definitely glad that we um, sold our house and we're in a much- Well, sold. Okay, so bought. I'm talking about bought. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Do you feel like buying that house was an epic mistake? No. You know, honestly, as a whole, I would say no, because it did teach us, and in particular me, <laughs> or maybe reaffirm some things for me in terms of what I really valued in whether it's home ownership, a house, a dwelling you know, where I would reside and maybe um, created a a new context for how you think about those same things. So let's start by talking a little bit about how we got to to this house and why we moved to New York. Um, So we were living in Texas. We were living in Dallas, Texas, and uh, it was 2000, end of 2016. And I had just, I literally, it was actually the week that I defended my dissertation and was preparing to graduate. Um, and you got the sort of quote unquote dream job offer and it was in New York outside of New York city. And, um, it was just kind of a no brainer. Like we loved living in Texas 
And, but we knew that we wanted to be back sort of in the Northeast or the Midwest where we had four seasons and that's where we wanted to raise our family. Um, but we didn't think that long-term. I think we were so ambivalent about where we wanted to kind of put our roots down and really, you know, be for the long-term. We've, and I mean, even I would say up until the past three years have been kind of, you know, not fully there in terms of where we felt like home was. Yeah, that's true. But we always felt when we were, we were in Texas for almost five years and we always felt like we really loved it, but it never quite felt like our forever home. Yeah, it's we interesting. I, I mean, I loved Texas. The people were great. The amenities, the, the ease of living there, um, cost of living, you know, and again, like really had a great support system there and loved it. Um, but you're right. There's something about it, maybe just being from the Mid-Atlantic, for myself, uh, from, you know, Ohio for you, it just, it felt like there was missing something. I, I always missed the seasons, but um, there was something that, it felt like there was a yearning for something slightly different um, yeah. for both of us. So when we got the opportunity to come to New York, New York is driving distance to both of our families. My family's in Ohio, your family's in Virginia. Um it felt like a good move for us. And we came and visited and drove around and looked at some neighborhoods and more of like little t- small towns. And I loved all of them. I was kind of like, we, we brought the kids. The kids at the time were one, just newly one and three. Um, so we flew from Texas with them. It was just us and the kids. And um, it's like a four and a half, five hour flight. It was a big trip for just a two day weekend yeah. drive around and look at towns. It was an exhausting trip. Our daughter got like 105 fever at the end of the trip. Do you remember that being in a hotel in Queens? <laughs> no. Selective memory. <laughs> you that oh out. no no no! I do oh, remember Lord. the Queens. It was a oh my goodness, it was a like right bit by the airport. Yeah, we yeah, ended up, and she yeah. was so sick. And I was on the phone with our pediatrician in Dallas for ever, and um, it was just it was hard. It was a hard just just to come for a weekend to drive around looking at houses, and they were not thrilled to be in the car, like just driving around looking at neighborhoods as kids wow. aren't. So. We decided that we kind of had narrowed down where we wanted to live. And you are definitely, you have more opinions about houses than I do. (laughs) So I just said, you go. Like we online narrowed it down and we narrowed it down to seven houses. And you came and actually met your parents here and looked at the houses. And um, how did that go? (laughs) (laughs) So I think overall, again, I think you'll, there's a theme here, right? Anything as major of a transition in life, like a move um, or just moving houses is stressful, is, um, you know, a variety of emotions. And, you know, going, especially with my parents, I thought it would be a good way that I could kind of, one, because I hadn't seen them in a while. And um, and I thought it would be kind of a good way to help bring them into the the mix. But, you know, obviously they had opinions and I had opinions and um, in hindsight, I probably would have done it by myself again. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, it was good for you to have company though, because yeah. it is like, it's good to have uh, other, uh, other views. You know, people see things that you don't necessarily, True. you know, especially I feel like your parents have a good eye for, for yeah, I mean, real estate and whatnot. Yeah. And just locations and where, you know, where would be a good neighborhood and, you know, amenities or just being close to things and things that I typically wouldn't have considered before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, at the end of it, I think that, um, it was, it was okay. It was just, again, exhausting, but I'm the type of person that if I 
go even up to a house, um, like the front, the front door, like I will immediately know in my gut, like this is a good fit or like, a bad yeah, fit. Your name. Yeah, yeah. And I felt bad because there was a couple of times when I wouldn't even really want to get out of, of the car with the realtor. And it wasn't, it wasn't just to kind of say, no, I don't trust your judgment, but it was more of, listen, I know this is not going to work for me and I don't want to waste your time. And I yeah. don't like we're on, you know, a short amount of time here, just two days. And I have, you know, marching orders for my wife to go <laughs> get a house. Well, those um, marching orders, I think were probably the biggest mistake. And I've always heard, you know, don't make decisions under pressure and don't like make important life changes under duress and I was because I had been by myself because you had moved to New York already you were living in a hotel and I was by myself in Texas with both kids wrapping up all of our move stuff launching a business um, taking care of the kids all by myself with no babysitter and it was a lot I was super super stressed out and it was just a long couple months by myself well if you want to talk about pressure just state the the phrase i literally said don't come home without a house yeah don't come home (laughs) without a house in two days so that was the extent of my right uh, so i take full blame for this but part of this too also the pressure to buy was driven by the fact that we were it was a corporate relocation package and if we didn't buy within six months we lost a lot of the relocation package perks yeah so we felt like they were really good benefits that were coming with your relocation package and we wanted to take advantage of those and those i think are in place for the reason that they want employees to stay right so like they want you to take them up on the relocation package and get sort of locked into a mortgage and stay well no, at the job no not necessarily I, I think it's they realize the toll that it takes on you both professionally and personally like it's a major thing and so they want to try to accommodate that major transition for yeah. a family because it is it's a very stressful very time-consuming endeavor and so especially if you're you know professional or you know, for those that aren't working, like it's still all encompassing and stressful, you know, and then you throw in kids and it's, it gets very, um, overwhelming. And so they, you know, I think they try to, to recognize that and then compensate for that. Yeah. And in Texas, we had been minimizing already for well over a year and our house was very minimal and we were really happy in that house. And actually this year of my life was what inspired the mental unload program that I run because I had completely simplified my home, but yet really needed to figure out a way to simplify my brain um, because I was so emotionally and overwhelmed and stressed out during this time, um, especially being on my own without you for a couple of months. So the ho- we, we sold our house in Texas pretty seamlessly. That went really we were very fortunate that it was it was an easy straightforward process um it was a small little ranch house in a cute little neighborhood with a bunch of other ranch houses that were exactly the same in layout um but we loved it yeah loved it in retrospect we were nostalgic for it right oh the simple times the better times (laughs) we had one one little flower garden in the front it was probably like two foot by six foot that we could not we could not keep keep a single this okay red flag number one if you have a two foot by six foot flower bed (laughs) and you cannot keep a flower a single flower alive you don't I like need to, a garden. I like to think that it was a Texas heat that prevented us from <laughs> growing anything. Said. But literally, I could not put anything in there without it dying within a week. 
Okay. Well, that, that comes into play later into the story, I guess. <laughs> red flag number one. Well, maybe not even red. There's probably other red flags in the story. The, the marching orders were probably red flag number one. <laughs> so, so, okay. So you, you looked at the seven houses. Yeah. Five of them were not even, like, not even under consideration I, at all. I swear it was more than seven houses. Like, I think it was seven houses seven. a day. It, it just felt uh, okay. much it felt like so, I had a binder. Okay, I think I had seven houses lined up that I had picked out that you and I had like I had written down, and then I think the real estate agent tacked on a few more. So that maybe there was maybe more. Makes more sense, yeah, because I I definitely recall going to multiple different towns and houses, um, and then they all kind of blurred together, except for you know small small select few yeah. that we really were um, eyeing. But yeah, it was. It was very long um, and stressful, as one can imagine, or for anyone that's been through that. Um, yeah. So, so we narr- two two houses yeah. we narrowed it down to after your visit. Yep. Um, one house was nineteen hundred square foot. Um, had a lot of charm. It was a restored train station, a train depot, um, which was something we wanted. We wanted a house with character that was unique yeah. because we had come from a ranch where every single house on the street looked exactly the same, had the same floor plan. So we wanted something yeah. unique. So um, we liked this house, this ranch. It was in a cute town on, let's call it Main Street. And um, it didn't have a first floor bathroom, I think, which made us Well, but you know what? That was weary. your kind of red flag. I had a bathroom on the no, first floor. I know. And I, I was kind of, you know, that really wasn't the deal breaker. for. But for the deal breaker for me in that one was the ceiling height on the second floor where all of the bedrooms were and the bathroom, I literally could not even, I, I looked at the shower because I think there was one shower and I could not take a shower with me fully st- stood up. Like my head would hit the slanting roof. So if you I had to do squats shower. while you were taking a shower. I yeah. Like it's like, okay. You get your workout in and you oh, take a shower at the same time. Oh, no. So anyways, that for me was a kind of a, Pretty hard. Breaker. No, okay. we were still considering it though. They weren't deal breakers, but they were like yeah. hesitations, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, that's the other thing I've found throughout this whole process is that there's no perfect house. Like the ideal house is a figment of an imagination. It does not exist. There will always be a trade-off in something, whether it's a neighborhood, whether it's a room, whether it's a size of a bathroom, whether a number of bathrooms, the size of a yard. You know, your name, whatever it is, there's always going to be something that is not 100% perfect. Um, yeah. Like, or not even close to perfect. Maybe yeah. a giant money pit, which brings us to exhibit yeah. B. Yeah. <laughs> so the other house was, we'll call it the greenhouse, which is the house that we ultimately ended up buying. Um, had a lot of history. It was the stable for the Guggenheim family's country home when they would come out of the city. And um, it was their horse stable that someone had converted into a house. And it was just loaded with amenities. I mean, it had a pool, a gigantic 10 raised bed garden trimmed with beautiful old wisteria, um, a yoga studio, uh, a guest apartment. Um, lots of space. It just, it had it's a romantic property, very like, whimsical, very yeah. romantic. And it was the exact same price as the train depot house. Yeah. Um, so I think that I kind of fell back into my old ways of like, get more bang for your buck. And like, it was really hard for me to kind of be like, well, if we could get all of this for the same price as that, yeah, like so much more for our money. 
Like, why would we not pick the greenhouse? But I think for me, it was not just that. I I think just having a little bit more space. Like, I grew up in a house in the rural part of, you know, quote unquote, like rural part, but tons of space between our neighbors. Like, I couldn't even see my neighbors, Um, you know, played in the woods and this had trees and you know places to kind of play and hide and like i could envision our kids kind of playing around the property and so for me like that was really important um and you know just how updated it was versus the price and like everything kind of felt right as well as um it had a character like you you walked into it and it felt homey it felt like it was not a cookie cutter type of place. And I like that. I like having that, that little bit of kind of whimsical, unique um, place filled with character. And it definitely appealed to me. Yeah. And it helped that the former owner was a fashion designer from New York city and had impeccable Impeccable. taste, (laughs) beautiful furnishings. Um, And I mean, that helps any house, like it just really elevates it. I think. For sure. Um, So you went, we decided to put an offer in a couple of days after you got back from, well, I guess you didn't even come back because you were living in New York at that time. Um, so just via phone, we talked about it and you FaceTimed me and um, we decided to put an offer in and they accepted the offer and we moved forward, chugged along, um, got to the house in July. It ended up being July. We got to the house and I remember walking in the first day into the empty house and my first impressions were, it's falling down (laughs) like it's crooked like just like visually like being in the house like there was like just like a slant everything was slanted i think i just breathed or no i sighed very heavily (laughs) it's like oh (laughs) yeah i actually feel like i had a lot of the same feelings that i had when i saw that house for the first time as i did when i held our first child for the first time i was like oh S-H-I-T, what did I do? So I didn't know. Am I allowed to cuss? Is this no, a family I'm podcast? I'm going to have to bleep that out. Okay. <laughs> um, but literally, that's how I felt the first time that I held our son was yeah. like, oh, crap, what did I do? Because it was just like, I just made this huge, huge life decision. I hope it's the right one. With our son, it was the right one. So that was not one that I have any regret over. But it definitely was the, sort of the shock to your system where it's like, oh, crap. But it felt like it was just such a bigger invest not investment like monetarily but just the the scale of it was much bigger than our other house the responsibility yeah it felt real very quickly and just like walking around i was like i feel like i'm at summer camp but there's no camp staff here there's no maintenance man there's no lawn keeping did you think about service i did not think of yes really yes i said really okay Maybe I didn't think about maintenance. <laughs> well, I did because it looked like it was falling down. I don't even know what I was thinking. I was just thinking, it's this is just so much. Period. Yeah. So, so period much. Period. <laughs> it just was so much, and it was just felt so overwhelming, and I so whimsical, romantic, overwhelming, and it just, all the feels, all the feels. <laughs> yeah, and but none of the feels were quite right. Like it didn't feel like this is it. Like, this is our forever home. Like I, this is the place that I want to live. This is the perfect house for me. I didn't ever feel like that. I just think I felt I was already so overwhelmed. And then we got into that and I was thinking that was going to be like the fix to my overwhelm, you know, like once I felt quote unquote settled and that was not true. Yeah. 
But I think when I got there, I, I definitely, I was overwhelmed. But then, you know, going around, like the immediate neighborhood wasn't ideal. Well, and but, that was your, your biggest reservations were the neighborhood from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was, that. I mean, probably just wasn't, when I say ideal, it just, you didn't it didn't feel, feel, yeah. It didn't have, a, it didn't sit well with my gut, like thinking that this is where I wanted to be long term with, um, you know, as, as a family and grower family. Like, because, you know, when I, after leaving Dallas, I really grew to appreciate walkability and being around neighbors and you know um just having stores that you could walk to and this was totally the polar opposite i mean there's no i mean it was a super hilly neighborhood um nothing you could walk to uh you know no stores or shops i mean you literally had to drive everywhere to go anywhere yeah i actually distinctly remember you calling me after you looked at the house and you're like the house is cool. The house is great. I like the house, but the neighborhood, uh, yeah, y- you had a lot of reservations about the neighborhood and I'm pretty sure I like pish posh that and was like, Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Even yeah. I'm pretty I had, sure you did too. The only neighbor, I had basically pretty only, sure only seen it too. on Google earth, but <laughs> <laughs> at least I, I don't know. It'll be here. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, living there from the beginning, I, I didn't know for from the beginning that we weren't going to stay, but I think we we probably knew maybe a year in, like at that point. Well, no, so we moved in in July, kind of rehashing all this out. It was March, pretty much, when we realized how over our heads we were in the landscaping. We were when over, we had the spring over our skis. Totally. So <laughs> we were like, oh, we'll just do the spring landscaping. Yeah. And um, we had been paying someone to mow the lawn twice a month in the summertime. And then when the spring lan- landscaping came, he was like, well, usually, because he had been working at the house, he's like, usually I do a spring cleanup where I spread mulch and I prepare the garden and does all these, these things. And we're like, oh, no, no, we can do that. Um, and then he kind of like laughed at us and we were just like, Oh no, we can do this. Not a big deal. Like if we'll do it, we'll split out like shaking my head the disgust. kids at this point are like two and four yeah. and um, we've got this. So it turns out we had no idea the manpower that it took um, to prepare the house in the spring, like from the winter. And the reality was that he, we ended up paying him to do it because it took him three, four guys, three, 10 hour days. Yeah. That's like what? What's the math on that? Like 120 hours of manpower, <sighs> of many. skilled landscaping manpower with like real tools and equipment. Yeah. There was no way we were ever, ever going to be able to do that on our own. Nope. And we never, that was never a discussion. Like, how did we not realize that? That feels so blind to me that we went into this house that was like living in a park, admired the beautiful flowers and the landscaping, landscaping but never discussed. How, how to we maintain were, it. How we were going to maintain that. <laughs> no, but little do we know that actually it was kind of, you know, from my understanding, talking to the guy who took care of it, is that the former owner kind of let it just go. But right before they, that <laughs> they sold it, they did this massive overhaul and like cleaned it up and made it look beautiful. So we were duped. yeah call it what you will but it worked (laughs) um i mean we did keep it up though like we it was just it felt like if we didn't keep it up from year to year that it would have just been a jungle like we would have never gotten out from under it like because it just grew everything grew so fast and it was just it was utter chaos um 
So the link, yeah, we were in so far overhead. I remember one day you went out to the garden and the garden was just, I'm telling you, it was massive and beautiful and gorgeous. And we couldn't grow a single thing, like not a single thing. Yeah. A sing- I mean, embarrassing. Like it just was. Well, we grew was, chives from oh, chives that were already there. They were there. actually already planted. <laughs> we grew mint. We actually yes, killed mint grew, too, which is like, yeah. quite an accomplishment. Um, that was year one. And then well, what do we do over year two? I think the garden is what made me realize that this is a dream house. It's just somebody else's dream. Like, no. I, th- I think that it helped me to realize that there were definitely a lot of idealizations going into this house, thinking that I was going to like, you know, garden and do yoga and like do all these things. And I just wasn't like that. Yeah, but I had no imagination about that. I knew that that was not going to be the case. <laughs> Straight okay. up knew that that was so, never going wait, to be. Wait, no, you thought we were going to garden? No. No? no. <laughs> okay. So one I day. I was pretty realistic of that. This was this fantasy of Danae <laughs> that she was living in. Was I don't have that fantasy anymore. Again, never. I came to the realization that it was a dream house, but it was somebody else's dream. So, okay. So you went out one day to do some landscaping. This was before we hired um, our landscaper. And you went out to do some landscaping and you were literally out there like <laughs> hacking behind the garden yeah. in the, I don't know if you remember this day with, with the machete with the machete for 12 hours. And you came back in like looking like you had been in a battle <laughs> and you were so exhausted. And I, I was like, put, Oh, I, I didn't put a single dent in it. I walked out. I was like, Oh, let me see what you did. And I was like, what'd you do? <laughs> like there was just so much that you worked there for tw- like hard for 12 hours and didn't even touch it. <laughs> And at that point, I think you realized that... I was like, I can't do this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, you just don't want... And you just don't want to. No, no. Right? See, that's the other part of it. It's like gardening or um, landscaping. You know, after kind of a long week, that's the last thing I want to be doing. Like, I'd rather go for a bike ride. I'd rather be outside for a hike. But being in a garden and, like, toiling in the soil, I know that, that a lot of people get a lot of, you know, joy and excitement out of that, but it does not. Spark joy for me, um, which I'm totally okay admitting. Like, right? Me like, too. Yeah, I, I I know that about myself now, and I have learned that about myself. And again, I've definitely reconfirmed that. Yes. Through this experience. So I think that the landscaping was definitely the thing that made me really see that I felt like we were we were going to be constantly trading time or money in this house. Yeah. That we were going to be either paying someone to take care of the stuff. Or we were going to be paying with our time to take care of the stuff. And at the point in our life that we were in with little tiny kids, like I just didn't want to be giving away my time or money to a house. Yeah. Did you feel that at all? Like, I mean, it just, it felt like it was one or the other. And that was just not where we wanted to be allocating our resources. No, it was the last thing that was on my mind. Um, And I think that's kind of where we, after a while, have thought about, okay, well, how do we remove ourselves from the situation? Like, what can we do proactively um, to just remove that burden, right? Because it felt like it became to feel as though it was a burden, whether that if we, in two ways, one, whether we weren't there enjoying the property, right? It felt like we were just had this wasted space that we weren't fully utilizing and that taking for granted and we just weren't taking advantage of it and then or if we were we were trading off time doing other things we really loved and wanted to be doing so 
in either case, though, it still felt as though we were giving something up. Yeah. And I think that in choosing a house, it is important to think about how you use a house. Like this house, I was homeschooling there. I was working there. We were living there. So I was in the house. I was using it and living in it a lot. And even though all of those things, like I still felt like it was just way too much for us, way more than we needed. Like our kitchen had empty drawers. Like we had bookshelves that we had no idea what to put on. Like it just, there was just too much space for us and inside and outside. And that to me just felt like more, it was more than we needed, more than we needed and more than we wanted. Right. So we had decided in February of 2020 that we were going to put the house on the market and we were doing some preparations. And then in March COVID hit. But do you know, there wasn't a straw that birthed the camel's back, right? It just was in February. No, I think we were just like, it's time. Yeah. We knew we wanted, we wanted something simpler, something smaller. And at that point, but we had been talking about it for two years and hadn't done it. And now we were just kind of like, if we're going to do it, we need to do it. And we decided we were preparing to put it on the market in February then COVID happened and the real estate market shut down. So we were just like, well, guess we're not selling this year. Um, so we decided to renovate the pool. I mean, and we haven't had a chance to talk about the pool yet. Oh, <laughs> the pool was the a pool. nightmare. I will never, well, we didn't want a pool originally when we, when we bought the house, we were going to tear the pool down yeah. because it was an above ground pool. Because we knew going into it that we didn't want a pool. We didn't want the maintenance. Yeah, like it's yeah. covered in trees. So it was never going to get warm. And then we got there and realized that it was a huge, huge landscaping project to take the pool out. So we left the pool and we didn't swim I in think, it. I think like I had this vision of just turning into like a bocce court or something, it, like just just ripping it out because it was above, above ground pool. So yeah. there was nothing structurally there and it never happened, though. Well, because of the around the surroundings, yeah. like we're just so like I, I think we would have needed like six goats. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> to like eat all of that vegetation that had grown around it. It was yeah. just so was much. Um, so yeah, that so we didn't we opened the pool the first year the pool was open and it was in like reasonable shape. It was just freezing cold. Um the second year we opened the pool or didn't open the pool. I didn't, don't know. We were pool. so overwhelmed. We were just like, we cannot handle one more thing. Like I cannot spend another hour skimming leaves off the top of the pool that I've never swim in because it's always freezing cold. You that's skim what I, the leaf? Yes. Yes. I was you skimming the leaves. You were at work twelve hours a day. I was the one at the at the house oh, all day. I'm thinking of the during the pandemic. Oh no, no, no. no. I'm talking was... about before. Oh this. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that experience led us just to not open the pool for two fair, years, fair, and fair. then so the pandemic hit, and we're like, okay, well, we're going to be at home, and we also had our au pair Mel living with us, which that the extra space did end up being a blessing because over our garage we had a little the, a bonus space over the garage, which was like a little studio apartment that she lived in, and having that separate space with a separate entrance was really wonderful in that circumstance. Um, and gave her some privacy and it gave us some privacy and it also um, allowed us to coexist, I think, better considering yeah. a 20 year old girl doesn't necessarily want to be quarantining for months and months with a family of four with little kids. Um, but I think that helped to ease the process. But when COVID hit, I feel like I would my inclination would be that like, oh, I'm so glad that we have all these amenities to use since we can't go anywhere. But all I could really think about was 
how I didn't want a pool. I wanted to join a public pool. Like I wanted a community pool with other kids around and other families around. And like, I didn't want my own yoga studio. I wanted to go to a yoga studio. Like I wanted to be a part of a community and all these things that we had at the house felt began to feel very isolating even further than we already felt isolated in COVID. Um, And I think that further reaffirmed, especially during the summer that, you know, like, I don't want my own garden. Like, I'll go to a a blueberry farm and pick blueberries for a day, but I don't need to grow my own blueberries. Yeah. Well, it gives you a lot more freedom to go do the things and be flexible and saying, okay, well, maybe today I do want to go to the community pool or to, um, you know, pick fruit. Right. Yeah. But you're not committed. And I think having that option in your life frees up like just having that freedom to choose what you want to do that day just feels very empowering. Yeah. And I feel like another thing was that I lived in constant fear of something breaking. And then we had a tree grow into our plumbing this past year, uh, the tree grew into our plumbing and we had to dig up the yard and tear down the be- most beautiful flowering cherry tree and dig up the yard and redo the plumbing because the roots had grown into the plumbing. And it was just like stuff like that that I felt like was constantly happening. Being an older house, um, it just it was unpredictable. But I think all of this just goes to the fact of there's so many unpredictable things that can happen with homeownership and then. And granted, I mean, it is a privilege, right? It's an extreme privilege to have these things and to be able to like talk about this. But it, you know, it is in a way, um, this heavy burden on just responsibilities and uncertainty and uh, commitment that, you know, really is not all that it seems to be, right? Like it's, it's not as, um, appealing when you take a step back. Uh, as others may perceive it to be. Yeah. So August came and we felt like if we were going to put the house on the market before winter, that that we had to either do it now or we wait until the next year. So we went ahead and put the house on the market, knowing that this was a good time to sell because the market was really hot and there were a lot of buyers coming out from the city to buy houses. And um, our house was one that the layout was kind of wonky. It wasn't, it's not a house that's not for everyone. So we knew we needed a lot of eyes on the house in order to find interested parties. It's not like every single person that walked into the house was going to want the house. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a unique, more of a unique house, I would say. But at the same time, we knew that there would be someone that falls in love with it. Yeah. Right? Like, and we'll take really good care of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, part of me always felt like I wish we would have been able to give it that love that I felt like it deserved. I wish I would have loved gardening. I know. (laughs) Trust me. Everyone listening to this podcast, Uh, not everyone, but a lot of people are thinking that same thing, like, because it was such a beautiful. Maybe put a beehive. Right. Put some like wildflowers. We didn't even mention all of our dead chickens. Oh, man. We did. We had chickens because we had chickens in Dallas in the city and it was beautiful experience. Then we got them in the country and um, or waffles oh my goodness rest in peace <laughs> yeah we had a lot of predators and i didn't um, even get a chance to eat waffles <laughs> <laughs> you were not gonna eat waffles anyways <laughs> the, the that, ethical that vegans out there are that turning you off right now <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry um skip that <laughs> skip that <laughs> so 
Yeah, all these idealizations that kind of came to a head, and we realized that we were just not cut out for this kind of house and all of these these dreams that come along with it. And we just, it wasn't what we wanted. And Sorry, did you say dreams or tears? <laughs> both. <laughs> so there were a lot crying of Crying in, in the fetal position in the corner of the house. <laughs> right, exactly. When we got the bill for the landscaping. Um, <laughs> so when we, we decided to sell, and immediately we started looking, because, well, where are we going to go? And we knew we wanted to live in the town that we live in now. It's a small little community, amazing sense of community, um, walkable. So we, it's five miles down the road from where we were before. So we're like, yes, we want to go there. And it was just a matter of everybody wanted to go there. And there, it's very small. And nobody, once you get a house here, nobody leaves. So there was nothing on the market. Literally three months went by and there's not a single house on the market. So we kind of gave up on the dream of buying here because we were open to buying. We looked elsewhere. We looked at a lot of houses um, to buy and just nothing clicked. Did you find any? Oh, no. We put an offer in on one. The house that got away. That was your, the house that got away. The yeah. house that got away. Oh, yeah. And we did not get oh, it. Oh, man. We put in a good offer and they did oh. not take it. My heart, my heart was broken. <laughs> I, I literally will still think about that place. About that house. Oh, that house. It was really, it was a great house. It was, it was a really great house. It's my forever house. We walked into that house and we were like, this That's, is the one. This is, we both thought this that. This is our forever house. Yeah, this is the one. We, yeah. I wrote them like a pretty sappy letter, like basically begging them to give us the house because I knew they were going to get a hundred offers. Um, and sure enough, we don't, I mean, I don't know what kind of offer they ended up taking, but I'm well, sure. Uh, well above. Well above asking all yeah, cash. Yeah. Um, so there was no way we could compete with that. And we did not get that house. But and I, you know what I think that that experience did for me, though, is saying, you know what? I think it's time to take a breather, not get caught up in the, in the hype, like let, not let our emotions drive our decisions, be a little bit more financially sound in terms of our next steps. Um, so I think after that experience, I I was much more in the place of I think we should just, again, take a breather see how things play out and not rush to anything like don't be forced to put that pressure again on us um and not force it because i felt like we were we may get in the right or sorry we may get into the same place that we were before right and because the prices were so inflated with the pandemic that we didn't want to end up paying way way more than the house was worth either and that was a big concern with and if you all stretch right like we, yeah because then you start talking about um you know financially putting yourself in pressure and then we didn't want to do that right so we wanted to rent but the rental market was actually even worse than the 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 selling market the buyer's market selling market buyer's market um because a lot of people that had rentals were actually selling them because it was such a good time to sell so even the rentals which would have normally been on the market to rent were now on the market to sell which made things even more complicated so this house that we're in now came on the market and we walked in for what were we in here? Maybe 30 seconds. And we're like, we'll take it. Right. It's two yeah. bedrooms, 1100 square feet. So it's about what? 30% of the size we were in before. Yeah. Um, and we didn't even really give it a good look around. It was <laughs> no. the, I think the irony of all this is it's like six houses down the road from the train depot house. I know. Isn't that crazy that yeah. like we literally like 
a right. But where I feel we much better about this place because I can actually take a shower. You can take a shower here. Standing yes. up. But our bedroom's in the basement. We made a bedroom in the basement, um, which actually is <laughs> oh, really it's cute. It's kind of like a little master suite. We've made it into a master suite, I guess. <laughs> um, although it was billed in the real estate ad as the playroom. But we've we've made it work. Um, but we've I love it here. I love this house. Yeah, me too. Didn't didn't you just ask me that at the beginning of this this episode? And what? Saying, you know how you feel about this place? No, I mean, oh no, I asked I asked you how you, how do you feel about selling? Oh, selling. House? Oh, oh. So maybe I misinterpreted. Yes, I feel great about selling. Yes, I feel great about this house. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so this house is a rental and. Um, I wasn't sure because we've been homeowners for so long how we were going to feel about renting. Like if it was going to feel like we were living in someone else's house. Um, I just didn't know. So it doesn't, though. It feels like home. And I don't even really notice. Like, I don't think about the fact that buy versus rent or it doesn't even really occur to me. Yeah. Except for the fact when something breaks, I don't have to deal with it. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. Um, so, I mean, I think we're pretty content here. For the time being, I know that ultimately you want something bigger, though. Well, I, a little bit bigger, because again, I get I think as our kids grow, I think we will need a little bit more space um, and not not necessarily. But I feel like it would be nice to have, again, the optionality to have a little bit of a better work from home situation. For example, like if I were to work in the city. Um, but you're not going to be working home from, from home forever. And I guess the way we've changed, we've used our house changes too. Like during the pandemic, we were all home all the time. And now like you're going to be going back to the city to work and the kids are in school all day and I have an office. So like, yeah, but I think long-term it would be nice to have maybe another, I don't know. It's not even a multi-purpose room, but just a place where. I could either do work, um, you know, the kids could play a little bit with a little bit more space, um, or just like give them a little bit more of a joint room where they can like hang out with their friends. Because right now there's no place for them to really do that with us too. Like, I don't see that once they get a little bit older. Um, but really for the next, I don't know, three, four years, like this is, I couldn't really want anything more like i feel like i'm born a great location perfect size house like um great neighbors great neighbors yeah just really happy with where we landed very fortunate so now we and just, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie there's a lot of luck oh it was total luck because we came in this house <laughs> and we were like it was the only one only rental and we're yeah. just like we'll take it give it to us please i mean <laughs> begging there, like, there is def- this. yeah no complete i mean timing is such a it was important a stroke factor. of luck that yeah. it, this has worked out as well as it yes. has it was absolutely a and that doesn't luck. fall upon me you know with i don't take that for granted rather yeah no absolutely so now we are in the position where we have to figure out if we want to buy another house and i don't even know at this point in a position where I'm even feeling like I want another to buy another house. So we're trying to decide what do we do? Do we take our equity and invest it or do we save it for another house? And so I have a question for you, which you're not ready for. So if you could, so we just sold the house and I kind of made a joke that um, when you were going to cash the check, that whether you might just run off to Mexico since <laughs> since that's the only place you can go, right? You can't get, can't get into Canada right now. I'm actually um, <laughs> I'm actually taping this from Mexico. Yes. <laughs> um, 
So what would you do if you could just take that money and do anything with it? You mean? Like, what would you do? And, and spend frivolously. Spend frivolously? Yeah. Oh, wow. In a like, pre-pandemic Say we're not world? ever going to buy another house. And pre-pandemic world? Why not now? Okay, what, pre and post. Oh, wow. Um, honestly, I'd put a lot of it in retirement. Cause That's so boring. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said spend no. frivolously. Oh, frivolously. Okay. <laughs> Knowing that my retirement was fully yes, secure. Yeah, your retirement is fully secure. You're good. Kids oh, wow. have fully stocked 529s. Like, you're good. Yeah. What would you do? Oh, that's a great question. I, I would travel, get like an electric car. That's funny. I actually was thinking that too. I want a self-driving car. They don't, or like a car that really, I don't have to drive. <laughs> they don't really make those. What are you talking fully about? Fully autonomous. Isn't no, that they what don't. Teslas are? They're not fully autonomous. You still need to put your hands on the wheel. <laughs> Somebody, okay. <laughs> Somebody has to make a, dri- a car that can drive me somewhere. So I don't yeah. have to drive and deal with my yeah. driving anxiety. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, travel. I'd probably travel. Okay. No specific place? Oh, there's so many places I'd want to travel pick to. One. Um, okay, so assuming no pandemic, the yeah. one place in the world I'd like to go to. Bhutan. Ooh, Bhutan would be amazing. With kids or without kids? <laughs> Both. Okay. With, ki- with kids? Uh, <laughs> Peru? Oh, really? I think Peru would be, kinda, could be amazing. Or Kilimanjaro. I'd love to like With the hike. kids? Yeah. You when they're good. older. Yeah, yeah, when they're yeah, older. Yeah, yeah, when they're older. No, that makes sense. The yeah. other thing, the random thing that I was thinking that I would like to spend a lot of frivolous money on is... <laughs> no <laughs> idea where this is going. No idea where I was thinking this about going. this with the carpool line today. Please so, enlighten me. I'm pretty sure... I, I love how you, like, I can tell when you're about to <laughs> like, so just drop some so knowledge ridiculous. truth of what so, you're really thinking. I'm pretty sure that... Because Broadway has been dark for so long yeah. that when Broadway comes back, Hamilton. No, no. <laughs> when Broadway comes back, that Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron are going to do a live performance of The Greatest Showman. Oh. I know it. Like I'm starting a rumor right now, and they're going to do it, and I'm going to be there, and it's going to be the fourth best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I can only assume what your number one, two, three are. I hope it involves me. Yeah. The yeah, day you met me. The day all. you married me. <laughs> <laughs> and and no. today with me right now. But um the yeah, for sure. So I would spend any amount of money to get those tickets. Yeah. That would be my free list spend. Okay. On an imaginary Broadway show that doesn't even exist. It's fair. All right. So well thank you for indulging me and chatting with me today. No problem, of course. All Anytime. Right. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope that you found it useful or maybe moderately entertaining. I'm so glad to have you as a part of Simple Families. Have a good one.